Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. When it comes to weight management, we tend to focus on what we eat. But Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. That's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up today. What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast, your morning pitching podcast from PitcherList.com. My name is Nick Pollock. Today is August 2nd, and yes, we are going to talk about baseball. Carlos Rodon, four innings, four and runs, four hits, four walks. I wish it were 4K so I can say the force is with him, but no, it's 5Ks. Only time I've ever wished fewer strikeouts from a guy yesterday from Carlos Rodon. So I've been saying, look, Carlos Rodon is going to be fixed. It's going to be okay over time. I still believe that. I do want to see the starts, though, where Rodon is pushing 96-97. I mean, his... Season average at 95.3 on the fastball is the matching last year's 95.5, but there were times of lower velocity um, that really evened that out. And I don't want him to be steady at a 95.3. I want to see some of those games at 96, 97, where he really does push it. Now, he did go 97 yesterday. Um, on, you know, he did top out there. He didn't ramp up as he normally does in the past. Like, it usually is like 94, 95, and then he pushes by the end of 96, 97. But it's not quite the overwhelming fastball so far for Rodon. It's a 10% swing strike rate, not the 15%. And what I'm seeing right now is Rodon isn't getting the strikes that he normally does with the four-seamer. Um, and the slider is a sub-60% strike rate as well. So it has turned into batters actually being more aggressive on Rodon's fastball than other fastballs inside the zone. The early ball and play percentage is about 20%. When he does throw an early four-seamer, which I know is like all these variables and everything. What I'm trying to get at is that batters are quicker than usual to swing at his four-seamer and they're putting it in play at the moment. That tells me, A, he cannot be trusted to throw an early slider for a strike right now. And B, that his fastballs are just not quite what we want them to be at the moment. Either being too wild and then too predictable at 1-0 or just not really being dominant um, right at the top of the zone at the moment. Is this fixable? Absolutely. Is this something that can change? Yes. I am also going to recognize that he hasn't done it yet. It's been five starts, and at some point we got to like be hitting our wrist, but like, let's go get this together. I'm still very much in on Rodon. I think he's a fantastic buy low right now, because I recognize that I am much more out on Rodon, or sorry, in on Rodon than everyone else is. I've been seeing ridiculous things about the season-long projections moving forward and the idea that these five starts are 
what he is for the rest of the year is just bonkers to me. Um, that said, I'm not going to just sit here and say he is a definitive uh, top 20 starter the rest of the year. No, I'm recognizing maybe he doesn't come back in time. So I am saying I believe it will, but we also need to recognize, okay, it's not a lock that it will too. Framber Valdez threw a no-hitter yesterday, and you're surprised, Nick, why didn't you lead with that with the roundup? Well, first of all, we led with Framber Valdez last week, Frozen and Framber, um, which is a wonderful Jurassic Park one. Thank you, Ethan Kaplan, for that fantastic graphic and idea for that one. Um, but uh, it was pretty much saying, look, we just keep going with Framber Valdez. Like, things should be fine. He removed his ace. He's going to ace labeled, and uh, what, that's what we did. And what do you know? He throws his no-hitter. Did he pitch significantly better in this one than we've seen? Honestly, not really. I know that sounds crazy for a no-hitter. Um, you're always going to see good hit luck in a no-hitter. It was a negative six, which is the greatest hit luck he's seen all year, which means he should have allowed six more hits, according to PLV, than he did in this game. Uh, but one walk, props to him there. I would not say this was the best I've seen for Amber Valdez all year. I saw that 13 strikeout game, and uh, I've seen eight innings of dominance. I've seen other games where I think there was overall a more complete pitcher. There were a lot of sinkers that were just kind of in the middle of the zone here, and whatever the, the Guardians didn't do anything with it. Still, 12 whiffs on the curveball. Really good to see that. The cutter wasn't there. And it's really weird uh, that the cutter wasn't there for Framber Valdez. Um, but he obviously didn't need to. He just kind of chucked sinkers over the plate uh, for 12 called strikes. Got 12 whiffs on the curveball, and there you go. But, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, we just keep starting Framber Valdez. That's all I want to say. Like, he's not going <laughs> to... This isn't going to be repeated. Um, but, uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, Sandy Alcantara against the Phillies. Eight innings, zero earned runs, four hits, one walk, five Ks. That's two straight amazing starts from Sandy Alcantara, totaling 17 innings. He could have gone out for the, the ninth. I mean, it was 101 pitches. Um, he could have done it. He didn't want to get out of the game, but whatever. Uh, it was only five Ks and 10 whiffs because his changeup was not down enough. It was inside the zone, but it was not under the zone. Um, and uh, he got a little bit more lucky in this one than he did in the previous starts. Like, I, like he kind of pitched... Similarly to other games where it, he had like one blow up inning and he just didn't have that blow up inning here. So that's really good. I love Sandy Alcantara and I really do hope that this is the the stretch I've been talking about forever. Um, I would have been more, you know, I really expected uh, to come in here. I mean, I saw the end part of the game. I was really excited. I didn't get to see the first part because of all the trade deadline stuff. And then I checked it out later. And yeah, I wanted to be more um, amped about this um, than I am. But uh, I'm still obviously very, very excited about Sandy. And this is why I've been saying, hey, guys, go and get Sandy Alcantara. He's been ridiculous. I think it's like a 2-5 ERA now over his last, like, what, six, seven starts? Something like that? Uh, something really, really good. Uh, say, uh, let's see. Andrew Heaney had an amazing game against the White Sox. Got the win. 11 strikeouts, zero in runs, two hits, two walks, six Ks. Uh, sorry, six innings. Um, Kind of weird because the slider was not that great commanded. I mean, it was out of the zone and competitive enough, especially as a slinger, that the White Sox could not handle it. Uh, and the four-seamer had times where it was really well elevated as well. But this wasn't like Andrew Heaney, oh my gosh, look at you. I'm so believing you moving forward. He's a cherry bomb. This start does not dictate anything different as he gets the Marlins next. And this is why he's a cherry bomb. Uh, at least I should raise him in the rankings because, look, here it is, 11 strikeouts. This is what you would be chasing. There's something more believable now in Heaney possibly doing that again. Zach Eflin against the Yankees did really well, and we got all the good things here because we didn't think he was going to go very long with the knee discomfort last time, so the Rays weren't going to pitch, pitch him that long. It was 72 pitches, but it was six innings of zero and run ball. Great stuff. The Yankees aren't very good of it as an offense, especially with uh, Aaron Judge, as fast as I like to say, having nine toes right now. Yohan Aviedo did really well against the, the Tigers. This was really like Professor Chaos-esque levels. 
of weirdness of seven innings, one earned run, six hits, two walks, and five Ks. Uh, that's awesome. We give him the thumbs up and we kind of move on. Uh, he's a he's a cherry bomb streamer, really. Uh, good matchups, I guess. We're okay with Aviedo. Spencer Strider, ace is going to ace. Um, and uh, he had 31 whiffs, just not 32, like Irish Panda on the other side, who is not very good. But he did go 200 runs in five innings, seven base runners, three Ks. Like, he couldn't exceed a 22% CSW in anything. Uh, his main three pitches, like, I don't want to start Patrick Sandoval anymore. Ranger Suarez against the Marlins. He might get ousted as uh, it's a six-man rotation right now for two weeks with the addition of Michael Lorenzen. Suarez might be the one that's ousted um, at the end of it. They said they'd return to it in two weeks. Uh, so, 6.1 innings of one run, but 10 hits, two walks, three Ks. The, the command isn't there. I would not be going after Ranger Suarez. Pablo Lopez is amazing. I love the fact that he's killing it with those sinkers inside. He allowed a hit on one, which was so stupid, up and in. Uh, first pitch swinging, it was clearly jammed, but like if it was a flare to right, uh, shallow right field, it was so annoying. But forcing return to 40% plus CSW, Chainup got a ton of strikes. Uh, he's getting really close to that ace is going to ace label right now because I just feel so confident in Pablo Lopez and what he does with a five pitch mix. It's really insane. A lot of pitchers to get to. Jesse Schultons, which is kind of strange, got the gold star yesterday, but also like Gavin Williams and Lance Lynn and Kyle Brashloff, guys to talk about, of course, and tomorrow's starters and today's starters and maybe some trained implications uh, from yesterday's deadline. We're going to talk about all of that after this break. This podcast is sponsored by Underdog. Want to make money making picks on MLB games and you have to try Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. In Underdog's Pick'em game, you just pick your favorite baseball players and predict whether they will go higher or lower on stats like strikeouts, hits, and more. Pick to two to five players, get all your picks right, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Be sure to sign up with the promo code PITCHERLIST and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100 so you have some bonus cash to start playing with. Again, that's underdogfantasy.com or underdogfantasy in the app store. Sign up with promo code PITCHERLIST and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. Must be 18 year older, 19 year older in Alabama and Nebraska, 21 or older in Massachusetts and Arizona, and present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1 800 Gambler or visit www.ncpgambling.org. In Arizona, call 1 800 Next Step. In New York, call 1 877 8 Hope NY. In Tennessee, call 1 800 889 9789. So Jesse Schulten's got the gold star. Why? Because he went against Texas and went six innings, one earned run, three hits, one walk, and six strikeouts. Shocking to see that we're going to see a lot of Jesse Schulten's now that Lynn and Giolito are gone. Do I really want to believe in 33% called strikes on his breaking balls? Not really. But hey, maybe if he features his curve and slider 60% of the time, that could be something. I don't know. I don't, I don't really want to go after Schulten's. Zach Winkie's going to do whatever he does. Pedro Avila had to step in yesterday uh, with the Weathers deal going um, to Miami. And we might see him a little bit more that there is uh, some shoulder soreness from Joe Musgrove that has Nick Martinez starting today. I'll talk about that in a second um, when I go over today's starters. But Avila in cores actually did kind of well with a 55% curveball. Uh, sorry, 55% CSW curveball. I don't really think it's that legit. I watched this one. Uh, it's a mediocre 94 mile per hour heater. Sometimes that changeup worked well low. 18 whiffs overall. It's really shocking, but I don't think he's that good. But I'll obviously monitor this, and it's cool to see him do that well in course. Miles Michaelis did well against the Twins. Seven strikeouts in seven innings. And he might be worthwhile against Rocky Road and the Royals next. Um, that's fine. I might have in the bottom questionable, I guess. He's been really bad, though, for a bit. Uh, I, I kind of don't really want to do it anyway. It's just like, ugh, whatever. There's a chance of this kind of stuff, so I do need to recognize that chance. 
Uh, Gavin Williams against the Astros, five innings, two hundred runs, four hits, four walks, and six Ks. And if you were a part of the morning stream from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern time, you would have seen me talk about Gavin Williams and how he really needs to execute the Blake Snell blueprint better than he is. Right now, it's not a great situation as he goes against the Jays and he'll go against, I believe, the uh, the Rays after that or the Astros. It's just No, this was the Astros. He has a very bad schedule ahead. I believe it is Jays and Rays. Uh, so I would not touch... Williams at the moment if he's available on your waiver wire however as a as the season progresses I want to see more of that high location the four seamer and the low strikes of sliders and curveballs and if he gets there which he could he could be better as it goes on there might be something really really exciting um at the end of August into September for Gavin Williams I'm actually really in on him for next year for that reason Lance Lynn against the uh, athletics as a new Dodger 37% CSW4 a King Cole Seven innings, three hundred runs, five hits, one walk, seven Ks. This is everything you want. It was the Athletics. Very interesting to see the Dodgers not let him throw his cutter. I didn't expect this change. I don't know why. I kind of like Lynn's cutter. I think it's still a good pitch. He did allow three solo shots, by the way, so the home runs are not completely gone. And he did throw more uh, curveballs instead and four seamers. So seventy percent four seamers um, with curveballs going only five for thirteen strikes. I don't really quite get it. Uh, maybe it's just like, don't throw cutters, just throw four seamers instead, they're better. And that kind of makes sense. So then he has to find something else with his secondaries, but we'll see what happens here. I mean, this was the athletics too. I, I don't really want to read too much into that start. Cal Brash did well against the Jays, seven innings, 300 runs, four hits, one walk, and seven case, pretty much matching there what Lynn did, but against a much tougher opponent. Um, seven over 34 whiffs on his sinker is very strange as he threw more sinkers than four seamers. I don't really think that's going to stick around. Um, we have uh, the curve and slider going just four over 39 whiffs. Strange game here from Bradish, especially against the Jays. He gets the Mets. Um, yeah, I think so. Like, you're going to start and they're just going to keep running with that. Speaking of the Mets, Kozik and Tana against the Royals, 6.2 innings with 300 runs, six hits, two walks, and two Ks. Very disappointing as the stream pick of the day, um, as the command just went out the window. Like, what the heck, man? Now he gets the Orioles next, and they're like, no, if you don't have the command, I'm not going to go after Quintana, so I'm not going to do that. Freddie Peralta against the Nationals got the win. A poor quality start with 7Ks. 10 over 24 strikes on the slider. You can't do that. Um, and it's really annoying because I really wanted to think that Peralta was taking that step forward, but it does look like he's a little bit more of a cherry bomb than I want to admit with the volatility of those breaking balls. So, fine, I need to lower him on the list just because of that reality. Four-seamer is, is arguably as good as it's ever been. He just needs that slider and curve to really unlock uh, its full potential. Um, Alex Cobb did not have splitter whiffs, but he got splitter outs, and I guess that's good enough for a poor-quality start and five base runners and four strikeouts against the Diamondbacks. The, splitter, the, slider, the slider isn't there, just like, what, three or four splitter whiffs? Um, it's annoying, and I, and I think we're okay moving forward, but it's just ugh, Alex Cobb. I mean, fine, you get the Angels next? Yeah, honestly, I don't want to do that. I take that back. He gets Angels and the Rangers next. I'm moving on from Alex Cobb. Angels are a better offense with Cronin and Grichik there. Rangers are a terrifying offense, and to see that volatility still being there with the splitter, I'm not a fan. Zach Gallon's in his really weird state right now. Six innings, 300 runs, seven hits, one walk, and six Ks. This was in Oracle Park against the Giants. And I've been talking about the Gallon blueprint, which is four seamers low within curves and changeups underneath. And that works. It's called Strike Machine. 43% CSW and nine whiffs in the four seamer as it went upstairs. He's trying to do the Blake Stone blueprint now. And I'm not saying that can't work. I just wonder if the fastball is made for that. And it's different than what we've seen him have so much success with in the past. So I'm a little weird about it. Um, the, the secondaries did get low. They weren't 
as tempting as we normally see, and that might be because of the lack of low four-seamers. So I don't know if this approach really is the real deal or not, but it can work. I just want to see something that is consistent and just, what do you want to do? Do you want to do the big cell blueprint? Do you want to do the gallon stay low approach? Whatever it is, just focus on that and nail that. Okay, cool. Brian Bayo against the Mariners. And by the way, I don't know if he is ace is going to ace now. It's been a while. I'm going to be thinking about that for the list next week. Maybe we do get one more start um, of him. We do on, on Sunday and I'll probably make that decision there. Uh, Brian Bayo against the Mariners, six innings, four and runs, eight hits, two walks, and seven strikeouts against the Mariners. It's still such a sinker and change, and without that third uh, pitch getting whiffs, it's just kind of okay. Um, yeah, it's not really the the guy I really want to see from Bayo. He does get the Jays next, which is obviously a bench, but then you have the Tigers after, and obviously you're holding through that. Uh, Justin Steele is fine. He didn't really throw that well. He had a massive lead and just kind of threw things in the zone. I'm like, all right, whatever. Um, four and runs and six innings. We're not moving up from Justin Steele. Also, that crazy stack cor- correction from a double to an error removes like five and runs for that Boston start. And by the way, if you remember that, that start, I was said, hey, he pitched kind of well and just didn't go his way. And then the next start, he pitched exactly the same and did well. And there you go. Um, Matt Manning against the Pirates. Remember last time he had the skills of 95 mile per hour fastballs and slider whiffs? Yeah, not here. 94 mile per hour fastballs and four slider whiffs. So we are very much out at Matt Manning now. Hyunjin Ryu returned from Tommy John. Five innings of four and runs, nine hits, and one walk, three Ks. He's a Toby at best at this point. Um, it's not the stupid good changeup of old. He could get better. But to see him kind of be lackluster in the first start back, which is not, not um, atypical, but it's just showcasing like, all right, you don't need to do it yet. I don't think like people are clamoring for a Ryu or anything like that. So just like wait it out and... The ceiling isn't present at the moment, right? Okay. Peter Lambert, no thank you against the Padres. He also was down on his heater. In cores, uh, you have Waldachuk. He's a young gun for next year. He didn't do well against the Dodgers. Ben Lively got destroyed for 13 earned runs against the Cubs. Don't want to do that. Uh, Josiah Gray had hopes that he would do the Campbell McSanchez. That is the cur- the cutters upstairs. Didn't really do that that much. Really more on sinkers. I don't like that. Slide and curveball were terrible. And uh, yeah, this is just not the thing you want to chase right now with Josiah Gray. And then there's Bryce Miller allowing more home runs. He led four last time, two in this one, 5.2 innings of two and runs, seven hits, two walks, four Ks. I'm not a completely out because it's just been like two starts of doing poorly. And he did that before earlier in the season. Then he recovered. And we're still going to go after Bryce Miller. But I do need to lower him a bit as he isn't elevating his four-seamer as much as I want him to. It's still very, very good. Um, a, a super low zone contact rate of like 72% on the four-seamer, which is insane. Still, the secondaries aren't doing enough quite yet, and I think there's a little bit more risk involved in Miller than I've been giving him credit. Um, all right, looking forward to today and tomorrow's games. We have Garrett Cole, uh, Shane McClanahan, Zach Wheeler, Joe Ryan, Logan Webb, Kodai Senga, and the auto start tier. Joe Musgrove is not starting today with a sore shoulder. It is Nick Martinez in cores, and that's at the very bottom of this list. Do not start because he's just going to be like an inning or two as he pitched in relief two days ago in a bullpen game and its cores. Um, so keep that in mind uh, for your lineups as probable start tiers. Logan Gilbert, Eduardo Rodriguez still with the uh, Tigers, which is very surprising to me, which means he does get that start against Pittsburgh, which is nice. Yusei Kikuchi against Baltimore, Tony Gonsolin against the Athletics. Tanner Bybee and Grayson Rodriguez are very contentious here um, at Houston and at the Jays, but I feel like if you have them, you're just going to do it. Questionable starts here. You have Cutter Crawford as my stream pick of the day against the Mariners. Uh, that could work out. I don't really love it. But there's a chance that he could go uh, produce against the Mariners team that does chase a lot of pitches out of the zone. You have Dylan Cease and Giolito, both against really tough offenses. Cease against the 
the Rangers as he wasn't traded. And Giolito against Atlanta, uh, again, for the Angels. That kind of showcases how this is not a good questionable start here. Those are absolute risks, but there could be some benefit, of course, um, with those pitchers being uh, of higher quality than the rest of this tier. Mackenzie Gore is an absolute cherry bomb against the, the Brewers. Wade Miley's for turning from the IL against the Nationals. Um, it's a really a still ill, but that maybe it could go well for five plus innings. You have Braxton Garrett who had a better slider last time, but the sinker and cutter command isn't there. Brandon Williamson against the Cubs. I don't really love it, even though higher velocity and um, decent four seamer and cutter. Ronald Blanco's getting the spot start against the Guardians. That could work. Cole Raggins is starting. I'm super excited about it. As John Gray's game pushed back to the weekend, hopefully with the bullpen happening today. Cole Raggins was 97-98 on the four seamer. At least that's what we saw in his last start. He gets the Mets now. I don't think that you need to start him for this one, but I'm very, very attentive to that. Um, and Dane Dunning gets the White Sox with, uh, maybe that could work um, with John Gray. That's the John Gray one. Cole Raggins, of course, with the Yarbrough trade happening, means that Yarbrough is out of the rotation and Raggins is in. Um, but Dane Dunning now gets to start today uh, for the Rangers, and that could work against the White Sox. Um, Drew Smiley in the do not start tier against the Reds. That could work. We only threw 4.1 innings last time, and I'm not totally sold that his new uh, uh, command is going to stick. That could work, though, against the Reds, maybe for a sneaky win, as he could be open for again uh, with Hayden Mosneski. You have Hogan Harris, Kyle Freeland, Osvaldo Bido, Abido, rather, Johnny Chirinos, already going right now. Uh, uh, Slade Sassino. Going for the Arizona Dimex, making his debut against the uh, Giants. I don't really think he has amazing stuff, but maybe we'll see. I generally hate chasing prospects anyway for their MLB debut, and we'll talk about it tomorrow. Um, Dakota Hudson going in place of Jack Flaherty um, for the against the Twins. And you have Nick Martinez, as I mentioned before. Looking forward to tomorrow's games, you have Kevin Gosman, Shohei Otani, Max Scherzer, and Julio Urias as the clear auto starts. Probable start, you have Sonny Gray um, against the Cardinals. That seems clear. Mitch Keller and Christian Javier are also here. I think Mitch Keller pitched better in that Phillies game and really got locked in as you went on. I think there's a lot to like here against the Brewers. And Christian Javier against the Yankees. Uh, I think that, honestly, his fastball was so good last time that this is just going to be too overwhelming for that Yankee offense. I'm going for it. Questionable start here. The streamer is J.P. Sears against the Dodgers. I really like that sweeper in the fastball with J.P. Sears, but it is the Dodgers. Brady Singer is a cherry bomb who had an incredible slider command last time out, and he gets the Mets who are just very low morale-wise. Michael Lorenzen could be decent enough uh, in his debut for the Phillies. I think that'll make him better against the Marlins. Jack Flaherty, same reasoning why I want to start him more so than others against the Jays for the Orioles. I feel like he's going to be his best self with all the adrenaline there. Brian Wu against a tougher Angels offense with Crone and Grichik is in the middle of this. Also hasn't had his best fastball. Um, Johnny Cueto could make it work against the Phillies. James Santino against the Reds. Maybe he squeezes it out. Uh, one more time, uh, Clark Schmidt against the Astros does not seem like a fun start whatsoever. And Adrian Hauser could sneak a win maybe against the Pirates as he chucks fastballs? I don't know. Um, they do not start here. I do not trust Brandon Fott. Even though he is in uh, San Francisco, I just think there just isn't enough. I don't trust the seven whiffs he had last time with his four-seamer. Carlos Carrasco against the Royals. I don't trust Carlos Carrasco. Sorry. Not even against the Royals. Uh, Luke Weaver maybe is doing something different against the Cubs, but I want to see more of it first. Matthew Libertor against the Twins. Absolutely not with the lower velocity and no slider. Tuki DeSant with maybe the new curveball, but it's Texas. Absolutely not. And Sean Manaya, who threw a seven-pitch save on Monday night, actually Tuesday night, um, is going to likely have an opener on Thursday and probably not go very long in that one. All right, that is it for today. Thank you all so much for all the support, but that is it. So my name is Nick Pollock, and may your bappers be low, and your strikeouts high. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite.